Welcome to Get Undressed, the podcast that gets under the skin of the fashion industry. Brought to you by Dressed, the world's first luxury styling game. I'm Victoria Moss, Fashion Features Director at Dressed, and I'll be your host. At Dressed, we want to help style a new fashion era, one with inclusivity and diversity at its core, where everyone can feel represented and at home. In a year when everything has been thrown off its axis, it feels particularly important to reframe the conversation around fashion. So in each episode, I'll be interviewing a luminary figure from the fashion world and hopefully finding out what makes them tick when we ask them to take the dressionaire. We like to think of the dressionaire as a personal and stylish guide to life in all its varied forms, looking at the power of fashion and how it can be a force for good rounding out the belief that to be well-dressed is far more than the sum of your outfit. It's how you live, think and act in the world. It's a mix of questions designed to get them talking and us thinking. Today, I'm really excited to introduce the incredible Sam McKnight, one of the world's most in-demand and respected hairstylists. Over four decades in the industry, he has worked the heads of everyone from Princess Diana to Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell. He was the cover hairstylist for Anna Wintour's era-defining first issue of American Vogue, as well as Madonna's Bedtime Stories album cover. He is the go-to for houses such as Balmain, Burberry, Chanel and Fendi for their catwalking campaign looks. He has been the subject of a retrospective exhibition of his work at London's prestigious Somerset House. And in 2017, he launched his own set of hair care products, Hair by Sam McKnight. And so rightly, we are rather thrilled that he is now also dressed hairstylist and has lent his considerable talent to creating our exclusive supermodel avatar hairstyles. Sam, a very warm welcome to Get Undressed. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yes, all good. All good. The rain has stopped and it's all good. And how how has this year been for you, this sort of strange, odd year? It's been pretty incredible, I have to say. It's been pretty mind-blowing. I mean, when this pandemic started, I decided that I was going to take it as an opportunity rather than a a hardship you know yeah and um or a problem I was going to do the glass half full because I found in my quite long life so far that that's the way to do it for me mentally you know um I am a kind of glass half full type person so I thought okay that's the way to deal with this and because I got to spend for the first time in my working life, since I was a teenager, probably more than what, a month at home, more than a few weeks at home, um, especially in this house. I never had more than a few days here and there. And um, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm lucky to have a, a, a wonderful big garden and I I took to sowing seeds and now I'm seeing the, the results of those seeds. So it's been a I mean, I, I dare I say and I know lots of people it's been very hard for a lot of people but i have i have actually sort of thoroughly enjoyed it i say that up until the last month or so and now i'm just itching to get back to seeing people being with people which i have been a bit 
And um, and 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 when, when the lockdown kind of eased up, I was really, really, really happy about that because we are social animals, especially in this hairdressing business. We're so used to touching people and being close to people, and that after after the three months sort of novelty of being at home alone uh, started to wear off. Um, I'm now really enjoying being back at work, although not back at work so much as it was before, which is not a bad thing. But the, the, the interaction with people, I think, is uh, has been a nice um, last couple of months. And it's it's interesting, I think, certainly for lots of people who work in fashion, that lots of people have sort of said to me that it's it is that time when they have stayed still for a few months, whereas yeah, you know, absolutely. and it might have been decades since that last happened. Decades, but they've been forced to stay still. Actually, and and it actually gave me time to look at things and think. Well, maybe I don't want to go back to exactly how it was. I don't want to be, um, you know, in three different countries in one week. I don't really think that's probably necessary like it was before, and I think. Most people I know are in the same frame of mind. So it's going to be interesting going forward. Do you think the sort of fashion industry as a whole, that there, there will be a rethink? Because I think obviously... With- oh, there has been a rethink already. I mean, I mean, coincidentally um, to this happening, we have the Black Lives Matter. Um, we have climate change. Yeah. We have all these social changes and, and social upheavals happening that the fashion industry i'm really happy to say is really embracing and i think that is a huge positive yeah absolutely um and it's important as well i think a lot of these things have been swirling around for a long time and this has kind of forced it all to the fore absolutely absolutely totally agree and so you've obviously had lots of time for your garden which um if people don't know you are as much for your hair renowned as a very keen gardener well, you know, I do, I do what I can. <laughs> this this year, I've done a lot more. Yeah, and I've actually, I've actually been here for the daffodils, the tulips, the roses, the peonies, um, the 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 summer perennials, and now all my tomatoes, beans, squash, all, all my vegetables are coming through, and it's been a, it's been a wonderful experience. <laughs> and you have um, rather brilliantly styled the hair for our supermodel avatars for dressed um how how did you find doing that and was it was it easier working with avatars than than real life models or supermodels even it was really weird it was <laughs> really it was very 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 weird it was a real learning experience and for the first half a day we weren't quite sure you know how to approach things but then you know once you get used to it you get in the swing of it and it and it's fine and I was just looking at the stuff we did over a couple of days um well in January I think it was something like that or December I don't know it was way back um and you now look at things okay now we've got to improve on that and I think that's just the way it is isn't it that's just the way the 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 technology is and the way your your eye um adapts to different things and it's been a it's been a a huge learning curve for me which is not bad not a bad thing I've loved that Okay, so now um, we're going to go into the dressionaire. If you're ready, mm-hmm. you can give long answers, you can give short answers. Did you find the fashion world an easy or hard place to get into? Um, God, I suppose compared to now, um, it was relatively organic because it didn't really exist as it does now. It was a very small 
exclusive rarefied world and i worked in a salon which was called molten brown um, which was the kind of hottest salon in london in the 70s and um they were asked that it was around the it, it was in the west end so they were asked um for hairdressers to go on photo shoots and i got to replace someone who was sick um and my first job was my first jobs were for, were for vogue and harpers and so it, it was kind of just by accident, really. So I guess I would say it was fairly easy. I think it's quite easy to get in to the business. It's the staying that's that's um, more, um, I wouldn't say difficult, but it needs more effort, you know? Yeah. What's the trick to that, do you think? Oh, I think, it, I think the trick is just, I mean, really doing good work, uh, being available, and also the luck of who you get to work with that you actually click with. It's all about, it's all about people and timing, isn't it really? Yeah. And the, the time is right when they're looking, the time was probably right for me because they were looking for new people because the industry in retrospect, the industry was, was probably growing. So there was room for new people. And um, did you have a plan B? Uh, well, my plan B was always, you know, I remember I, in 1980, I decided to, just do photo studio work and people thought I was mad there's not enough work in this business to do that and 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 I thought you know I'll take a risk and plan b was well you know what I can always go back and work in a salon which is always your plan b if you're a hairdresser (laughs) which I think once you've learned a skill that can always be your plan b or plan c or plan plan d you know yeah absolutely um what's been the most useful career advice you've been given um, like I said before, is to, to work really hard, do good work, but always be available. Try not to turn people down because they'll go somewhere else, uh, you know, at the beginning of your career. You know, the more available you are and the more keen you are, the more um, people will embrace that. Who inspires you most in the fashion industry? Uh, well, that's really hard to say. I mean, it, because I've been around for so long, but but I've been... I've been so lucky that I have got to work with some of the most inspiring people in the industry. And I could do a very long list. I had the pleasure of working with Karl Lagerfeld for 11 years, longer even. Um, I worked with Vivian for many, many years. I've I've had the enormous pleasure of working with the, the incredible Nick Knight for many years, with Patrick DeMarchley in New York for years. And all the wonderful stylists I've worked with, with like Edward and Lucinda Chambers and, you know, and, and people like, like Lucy, who's, who's taken this huge leap into a whole new world. I think this business is crammed full of inspirational, talented people. And that's what we kind of spark off. So I couldn't really name just one. um and who has helped you the most um probably in the last 10 i mean i i someone at the very beginning two people at the very beginning um of my career were anna harvey who was the sort of um she was the fashion editor at Vogue magazine when I first started and liz tilbaris who was at Vogue and then went on to bazaar um two sort of iconic ladies uh real ladies both of them of fashion who um kind of championed me in the beginning and what's been your most thrilling fashion moment oh god too many too many too many but i suppose the one that really 
really take i mean you know every time we do a major show um for all those wonderful shows we did with carl and the grand parley i mean each one was hugely thrilling the spaceship the one in versailles and you know th those kind of things it's, it's it's we are so spoiled and so lucky in our industry um, but i think <laughs> the probably one of the most thrilling ones was when princess diana came bounding up the stairs in perseverance works in hackney um, in 1990, when we were shooting some portraits with Patrick. And that was in Hackney? Yeah, it was in Perseverance Works Studios in Hackney. We were shooting, you know, it was a working photo shoot, a show studio in London. And um, and um, we didn't know, really. We were doing portraits of lots of different um, royal women. And um, the last one, we didn't know who it was going to be. And, and, um, and this tall, leggy blonde with a big smile <laughs> comes bounding up the stairs and, you know, and melted our hearts. Yeah. And all those Chanel shows you did with Carl, do you have a favourite one, a standout one? Oh, God. Again, again, there were so many. I mean, but I guess one that sticks in my mind is the one at Versailles where we did kind of sugar almond pastel punky wigs. And, um, and, yeah. and it was really kind of crazily, surreally romantic. And... And that was when Carl would give me free reign and kind of give me a drawing and say, "Oh, let come up with something." And 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 when I was learning that he would like his, when he would want me to push it into something else. And yeah, that's a that's a very special memory that one. And what's been your least glamorous fashion moment? Oh my God, there's so many. I thought I could really. Uh, I mean. It's really, it's only front of house that glamorous uh, that is glamorous. What we do isn't very glamorous at all. We usually sort of, you know, we can be up to our knees in mud and a bog. And we can <laughs> be, I remember doing one shoot for, um, for a Japanese diamond company in the 80s with Linda Evangelista. And Linda had to be in, she had, she had a Chanel jacket on. But underneath the jacket, she had full length waders up to her shoulders with the jacket on top because she was in a swamp dragging a raft with with goats on it. Don't we're wearing <laughs> diamonds. And Linda said, OK, if I'm in here, you're all in here, too. So hair and makeup had to get the waders. And I mean, we had to anyway to do our jobs. So there yeah. we all are up to, up to our chest in a bog in LA somewhere with Linda with three goats on a boat and laughing about how glamorous this is. And there are many, <laughs> many, many moments like that. Yeah. Brilliant. I love the goat element as well. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you like to work with? Hopefully fun. Hopefully I can bring a bit of lightness to the situation. I hate it when it gets too serious. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not the point no. of it. I always think that's not why you go to work in fashion <laughs> that's not why I do anyway I think I can't speak for everyone I have to say and how do you balance uh, creativity with the more commercial elements of the fashion world I think we just do that all the time don't we I think that's just an instinct that you learn you, you can't you you know sometimes you're going to be pushing the boat out and do something that's not commercial at all and then other times it's le learning to read learning to read what the client wants or what the situation wants really it's kind of um knowing the limits that's necessary you know and knowing how to how to read the brief that that's i guess would say that i would say that can fashion be a force for good 
I think compared to maybe compared to 20 years ago, it's much more democratic now than it ever was before. You, you know, it, it's it's there are people from all walks of life in our business now, which which really has changed in the last 10 years or so, hasn't it? And is changing more and more. So I think fashion can I mean, fashion should be a force for good, really. It shouldn't be a force for anything else. And why does clothing matter? Well, it matters because of many things. It, it, you know, it, it can matter because it's tribal. You know, it's it's saying what tribe you belong to. Um, you know, whether you're a Sloney or a, I don't know, I'm sounding really old-fashioned now. Um, I think it matters because it, it can be tribal. It can be your armour. It can be protection. And it can be projection. So it can be all of those things, you know. Um, so, yes, it really matters. And why doesn't clothing matter? Well, it doesn't matter. I think otherwise we'd all be naked. Um, <laughs> but it shouldn't matter too much. You know, I, I think it comes a point where if it feels like it matters too much, then it's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's a yeah, brilliant attitude. What does being well-dressed mean to you? I think to me, being well-dressed means to be clean, smart and relaxed. What's your favourite fashion quote? Actually, I remember once I was in I was in the Dior store in Paris buying a suit and it was when Eddie was doing the skinny suits and I had lost a bit of weight. And I remember I was trying to and Carl and Amanda came in and I was trying on um, I was trying on a 48 and a 46. And um, so I tried both when Carl looked and he went, no, no, no. You get the 46 because you get the 46 because 46 is the new 48. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, no, no, it's too skinny. It's too tight. No, no. 46 is the new 48. And that just made me laugh. And I got the 46 and wore it forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, in that kind of thing, that, that when you say fashion quote, actually, when people say such throwaway things like that, I mean, that. That is absolutely brilliant because because it makes in a weird way it always makes sense. You know, Diana Freeland said those wonderful things too. Now I'm thinking, and the other one who has great quotes is Kareen Rockfeld. Yes, and Kareen's full of fantastic. I'm always telling Kareen she needs to do a book of Kareen quotes because <laughs> she's very funny as well, which I think she's doesn't always very, come very across. Funny. Yes, she's very funny. And she takes it seriously, but not too seriously. You know, there's always an element of, of fun to it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think will drive true inclusivity in fashion? I think what's going to drive true inclusivity is a commitment from the leaders to give them equal opportunities to the underprivileged. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's how going to have to take a, a commitment from all of us leaders. And I think that's happening. That is yeah. definitely happening now. Yeah, for sure. What was the last thing you bought? The last thing I bought was some thick cotton socks on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram? On Instagram, yeah. <laughs> um, when did you last really laugh? Um, probably just now, going through these questions. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, when did I last really laugh? I don't remember. I, I mean, I kind of laugh all the time. Um, nah, don't remember. What's your strongest childhood memory? My strongest childhood memory is probably being outdoors all the time and probably being at my local outdoor swimming pool because we kind of lived in there from 
from probably from when I was about eight years old, I used to go by myself with my friends and we'd be in the swimming pool all day long till it closed at eight o'clock at night in Scotland, probably to get, you know, to get out of my mum's feet. And, was it um, not freezing? Yeah, but it was great. Well, it was heated, <laughs> but it was freezing outside. Yeah. I mean, I still go to the same swimming pool when I'm at my mum's and I go on Boxing Day when it's snowing sometimes, but it's warm in the swimming pool. What do you always have with you? Um, I always have my phone with me, don't we all? Aren't we addicted to the phone? And I absolutely hate it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What do you always forget? My keys. I always forget. I always leave my car keys in the kitchen when I'm leaving the house and I have to go back in and get them. Uh, what makes you happy? Uh, what makes me happy? Being in my garden. How would your family describe you? Hardworking, hopefully. And how would your friends describe you? Busy. <laughs> do you always feel confident? Yeah, I do fairly. You know, I'm fairly, I, I'm not overconfident, I don't think. Because I get a bit vulnerable sometimes, but I guess I'm, I'm fairly confident. And how do you feel when you're the centre of attention? Sometimes I'm quite comfortable with that. And sometimes if I feel all eyes on me, if I start to think about it too much, um, I kind of clam up. But generally, um, if I don't think about it, I'm OK. And what makes you feel vulnerable? Indecision. Hmm. My own indecision and other people's indecision. I, I, I like people to be quite um, um, straightforward and I, I like when situations are in control. I don't like yeah. when situations get out of control and people start getting indecisive and, and confidence goes. I, I'm talking about at work here and my team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, we need to keep up the, um, the, um, the positivity. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I think I feel the I same think, as well. I think sort of indecision can be a bit of a poison. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just, it just creates uncertainty and then no one knows what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, uncertainty, and... that's it. Rather than indecision, it's uncertainty, yes, which we kind of have now a bit. But I'm, I'm weathering that storm. <laughs> um, and what film do you watch on repeat? None. I don't, I don't really, once I've seen something, I don't want to see it again. And I'm this, yeah, yeah, none. And what book do you always come back to? I don't read a book twice. Once I've read it, I've moved on. And do you have a favourite that you've read? Or a favourite um, film? Oh, God, no. I, I, I like films for all different kinds of kinds of reasons. I just, I just, um, I never really watch TV much, I have to say. But during lockdown, I got into watching box sets on Netflix and BritBox, and I really got into Happy Valley, which I loved. Um, so that's a recent thing to me. I don't really, I don't really go to the cinema. I don't, I don't watch films on on TV. I don't, you know, I probably like some old films and things, but I don't know. I'm not really a film watcher. I know everyone thinks that's weird, but I just, I just don't. I, I, I start to see people acting and, and I can't um, yeah. I can't watch it. <laughs> um, what song always makes you dance? Oh, definitely I Feel Love. The Patrick, whatever his name is, um, remix that goes on for about 18 minutes. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. <laughs> What's your favourite room at home? Well, my favourite room at home is it's the kitchen dining room because I have a huge table 
and I can just sit there and I can be inside and feel like I'm in my garden because I've a glass door. Lovely. Are you a morning person? Yes, I am. Do you procrastinate? I do sometimes, yes. I, 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 I'm very good if given a deadline uh, because if I'm not given a deadline, I can let things go on. What's the most extravagant thing you've ever done? God, I'm not really extravagant. God, I sound really boring, don't I? I'm not <laughs> extravagant at all. I'm actually quite tight with money. Uh, probably the most I've ever spent is the house I'm living in. And probably my garden I've spent more money on than, than anything I've ever spent in my life. So I'm not really hugely extravagant. I look at the price of things, you know. Yeah, but that's that's a kind of personal extravagance, isn't it? Your garden and your home. I yeah, mean, they, it is. the house yeah. is is probably the most extravagant because that's probably yeah, yeah. the most. But I guess my have. my garden is my luxury. Yeah, my luxury item. I don't really go to restaurants. I don't spend a lot of money on on that kind of thing. So I guess the garden is my thing. And what do you do to relax? I, don't, I sit in my garden, <laughs> or I prune the roses, or I plant some, I sow some seeds, or I tie the roses tie all the climbing roses into the fence all right i i've just been planning all my um spring bulbs for next year ah i think anything that takes me and i also love to go to the country and do long walks i love walking up the river at henley i love going to the to the dorset coast or the hills which i might do next week so walking is a is a very relaxing thing for me anything that takes me out of um, doing hair and in the fashion business to me I, I like having an opposite yeah that makes sense um, and what keeps you up at night well recently uh, I, I feel it coming I feel there's a full moon coming the full moon is the thing that keeps me up at night and what's the best lesson you've learned so far in your life well, I think the best lesson is probably the one that's really, really come home to roost recently is, is that really life is so short and, and we are learning every day and nothing is certain. Absolutely nothing is for sure. You do, and it's, we must not take things for granted. Absolutely. Um, how ambitious are you? Uh, probably quietly and I have a lot of patience so I can wait. I, I wouldn't say I have, um, the sharpest elbows, but I will quietly wait till the ones with the sharp elbows wear them down and I'll, I'll, I'll um, I'll, um, slip in. I can, I'm kind of, I'm quietly ambitious. Yeah. I like that approach. Quietly, patiently ambitious. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, I think. Mm. Stealth it's ambition. Wor it's worked for me, yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite cheap thrill? Uh, fish and chips, definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> What's your favourite game? Oh, God, I don't really play games either. I have no... I have no... Um, my mind can't play cards. Um, I don't play games. What has this year taught you, good and bad? Oh, again, it's about taking nothing for granted and, and, and really, really finding that balance. It's about finding balance in everything because balance is the only way. It's about finding a balance in work and play and in my own mind and even at work, finding a balance and, and, and in the teams you work with, finding, you know, if you find yourself working in teams of people that, that you don't really enjoy, it's usually because it's unbalanced. And I think for me, the key word in, in life is balance. 
Yeah, absolutely. Have you missed, um, you know, missed your team and missed working in that way? Well, we we, we have been in the studio. We, we we've got a little studio, and we have been in the studio the last few weeks doing doing um, very socially distanced kind of yeah. films and things. But but it's hard wearing wearing masks and visors and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, we're going to have to. Um, we're going to have to find a way through this, but we, we've we've been together more the last few weeks, and that's been really really lovely. I did we did I did miss them a lot, yes. Yeah, and what person do you admire right now? Well, Nicola Sturgeon has handled the whole pandemic brilliantly. I think um, my family are in Scotland, and I actually managed to get to see my mum a month ago when when it kind of um, when it loosened up a bit, and. She's just been absolutely brilliant. She, I'm, I'm not her greatest fan by any means as the leader of the SNP, but how she's handled the pandemic has been just brilliant. Yeah, she's had real grace about the whole thing. Oh, she's she? been fantastic. She's been there every day and very straightforward. Yes, yeah, clear. Clear leadership. And what are you most proud of achieving Oh, I think probably just getting this far and I'm kind of, um, you know, still enjoying life and still still got lots to give and, and looking forward, looking really looking forward to the next bit, to be honest. Yeah, to getting back to, um, to something. Yeah, and, but to, to get it, do you know what? Not even about getting back, because I don't think we can ever go back. And I think when we, when we go back to work properly, you know, when, when everything everyone talks about getting back to normal or the new normal. We're not getting back to anything and we shouldn't get back to anything. It should be moving forward and going forward into something new. We have to, we absolutely have to. So I'm really looking forward to that. And when, I mean, I'm really proud of what I've achieved in the past, but I'd like to be even prouder of what we achieve in the future. Yeah, that's a wonderful way of looking at it. Yeah, really smart. Okay, so are you ready for the for the quick fire? No, quick fire final round. <laughs> Scrabble or chess? Scrabble. Monopoly or Cluedo? None of them. <laughs> Minimalism or the avant-garde? Bit of both. Running or swimming? Swimming. Christian Dior or Coco Chanel? Coco Chanel. Croissant or scrambled eggs? Scrambled eggs. Grunge or glamour? Glamour. Dorset or Ibiza? Oh, it'd have to be a bit of both. But do you know what? Ibiza might take the edge. <laughs> <laughs> bows or clips? Oh, bows. Slick back or volume? Volume. Backstage or on set? Oh, definitely both. Because on set is actually backstage. So they're the same thing. <laughs> Roses or dahlias? Oh, I can't possibly <laughs> choose. Dahlia's at the moment. Roses three months ago. <laughs> Wonderful. Sam, thank you so much for coming on Guess Undressed. It's been a pleasure um, going through the dress genre with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Get Undressed, the podcast brought to you by Dressed, the world's first luxury styling game, which is available to download now from the App Store. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to Get Undressed via your preferred podcast platform. Hold up. 